0: That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Ali, you grab that side. I'll grab this side. We'll stretch that dollar. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. Well, welcome to Money Savage Further. This is George Grumbacher. Our guest today is Alessandra Melito. She is a personal finance reporter for MarketWatch. She's been writing for professional news outlets since she was 15, and she's currently studying for the CFP. I'm excited to have you on. Allie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Great. So I am the retirement reporter at Watch and I have been covering it exclusively as a bead for probably about a year now. Um, but before that, I did a lot of personal finance stuff. And before that, I wrote for financial advisors about technology and software that they could use to help their clients uh, save and invest and in, in all that fun stuff. Um, I think that you know, Although I'm in my 20s and people sometimes are like, what are you talking about with retirement? You're in your 20s. <laughs> I think it's um, a very important topic and something that everybody should be thinking about regardless their age because eventually they are going to retire or if they don't plan on ever retiring because they love working and they can't imagine not doing it, they will still need money in that part of their lives. And uh, money will help fuel uh, all those goals that they have or dreams that they they have for their older age. So or, you know, in some cases now with the the fire movement, that financial independence retire early movement where people are retiring in their 30s and 40s, you're going to need that money even sooner. So I just think that thinking about that stage of your life, however it may look for you, is crucial and um, always better to think about it now than think about it later and be upset. If you haven't accomplished everything you've wanted.
0: That is the truth right there. And it's, it's, um, it's always a challenge to try to get anybody. I think that certainly the same was true for me to really be thinking about long-term savings when I was in my twenties. And, you know, I think the light bulb starts to go on a little bit in the thirties. Um, you started thinking about money or writing about money, um, when you were in your teens so, do you think that, that your 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 perspective was shaped by that, or were, were you always curious about just money?
1: Um, I guess I was always curious about money. I am very fortunate to have had parents who, they were very open about talking about it, you know, whether that be a budget or what a savings account was or how to write a check. Um, they did teach me those lessons early on, and I ran with that as a, as a teenager. So, when I was a teen, I... Um, I wrote about all sorts of topics and you know, I wanted to get paid for that. <laughs> so sure. that was one concept, you know, with money, like how to earn, uh, how to earn a living, even though I was a teenager and uh, a lot of internships that didn't charge very much or they didn't pay very much if at all. Um, but it was, it, I mean, growing up, it was always something that we talked about. And, you know, I, I had a savings account. I, you know, I thought about spending on, you know, whatever the newest toy was or whatever, um, or spending on a, a book or something versus saving that for the future. And, um, it was just important to me. And then when I got older, you know, we never talked about it in school. It wasn't like, a, I didn't have a personal finance class in, in uh, high school or college. Um, and, uh, a lot of people, they didn't really talk about money. So when I got a little older, I got my own, my first job, I just, I wanted to be able to help. Like that was just something that I feel like I could talk about. Now my friends talk to me about 401ks all the time. They'll be like, oh, hey, I just uh, opened one or this is how I'm invested in one. Or they'll say, I have no idea what's going on with this portfolio. Can you look at it? And I just feel like um, that's important to me, you know. Um, A lot of people do not have – that, you know, they don't have somebody that they could turn to, or at least they don't think they do. So to be able to, you know, from a young age, be interested in this and learn about it and then be able to share that knowledge. um, it's the least I could do.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a very, very powerful thing. So, and it's always nice when, when you have people who are actually asking you about The thing that you're working on, I think to me, that's always a sign that that you're doing something right, that people are viewing you as an authority and and trustworthy and all that good stuff. So I appreciate that. Um, You know, we I've so I'm, I'm, I'm 40, soon to be 41. And I know that I never learned anything about finance when I was in high school and college. And you mentioned that as well. I think that there's a trend towards more of that, of trying to get more financial education in, in the classroom for, for kids. Have have you seen that?
1: Yeah. Um, there's definitely been more interest in having some sort of financial literacy. Um, truth be told, that not many states require a personal finance lesson um, in high school or college. I think there's only like five states or a handful of states that Require some sort of education um, in finance. And then there are a handful of other states that say you could use it as an elective. Um, For me personally, I was in an elective in high school and it had nothing to do with money management. But my teacher set aside an entire class and was like, listen, you're not going to talk about this anywhere else, but you're all going to college soon and you should be thinking about uh, savings and budgets and how to, write a check and loans and all that stuff. So we're going to spend a little time. Now, that class was very interesting, but it wasn't nearly enough for kids. I mean, if you think about high school kids, they're the ones who they're going to be signing loans to go to college. And sometimes they don't even know what an interest rate is. So then they're signing their names on these loans and they end up having to pay thousands of dollars down the line because they didn't know what to look for. So um, there are these organizations that have been popping up and they create curriculum for personal finance for schools. So if you are a school that does not offer any sort of lesson, you can uh, adopt this curriculum and help your students. And that's kind of nice for the, the schools that are in the States that don't require personal finance, because they might not have the bandwidth to create a curriculum and implement it into their courses, but they do have these um, organizations to help, you know, help them, to guide them, whether it be during the the school day or even afterwards as like an extra credit course, you know, not course, but extra credit day or something like that. So yeah. there has been more attention on it. And uh, presidential candidate Andrew Yang, he actually mentioned – financial literacy recently in one of his tweets um his tweet was actually saying that you can't teach personal finance or financial uh education to people who don't have money um it was a controversial tweet not everybody agreed with what he said some people did some people said like yeah you know look at kids for example if they don't have money they don't know how to use it and uh spend it or save it and then other people said well you need those lessons before you have money so that when you do come into money you don't just waste it all um I am a firm believer that it, it is important to have some sort of lessons. Like, yes, you will not implement it the same way if you don't have money and you are learning these lessons. But I think having some sort of, um, I don't know, some something to fall back on when you do start earning or when you do have to consider a loan. I think that, you know, I think it's crucial for how you end up with your money or how you end up spending or saving your money down the road
0: for sure yeah i i I, I saw something about that but i hadn't actually heard what he had said and that's a pretty silly thing to say because i mean i'll probably never go into outer space but i can still learn about you know space (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i mean i think he was saying more along the lines like you need to have like in order to uh practice you need to have what it is that you're Sure. learning about but uh, not everybody took it that way other people took it like well so what are you going to do with the people who haven't they don't have money right now and they're in debt like are you just like do they sit on the sides and and just you know suffer or like do you still try to implement some sort of education so that they can get out of the the problems that they are financially in and you know improve their situations
0: that's right that's right well, certainly, you know, this is the field that both of us work in, and we know that it is imperative to to educate people on whatever subject they're, they're interested in getting better at. Otherwise, it's probably not going to happen. So interesting. Obviously, student loans have been in the news so much uh, for, for, for a good little while, and, and for good reason. I think it's important to have conversations about this kind of stuff. As you were, you know, talking about, these kids are about to, you know, potentially take on hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and what, what education have they received? I thought, well, you know what? It probably would make sense to force kids who are, you know, about to take on tens of thousands of dollars of loans to, to complete before they actually, uh, get approved for these loans. Have you heard anything like that?
1: I'm sorry. Could you repeat what, yeah, just,
0: just just making kids take some kind of a course before they actually get approved for a student loan so that they understand. I mean,
1: that, yeah, that I have heard that. I don't know where exactly that's being implemented um, because as far as I'm mean, aware, people are just – they just ask for a loan and they get one sure. when it comes – Sure. Yeah, education. Um, but I do think that something like that would be very powerful, or even if it wasn't like a course or a test or anything, because, you know, that does add stress. And when you are a junior in high school looking to get into college, like you've already got enough you're stressing about because everybody's telling you about the, the grades that you need and how, you know, you need to get into a good college in order to get a good job and all that stuff. So even having some sort of class, like make it a week-long class before applications are do or you know things like that like having um pointers for teenagers it could be so powerful because then they'll at least know what to look at like maybe they won't figure it out for themselves personally until it gets to the point where they are accepting letters of you know uh, admission for college but at least before they'll be able to think like do i want to go to this school that charges a hundred thousand dollars a year for four years or do i want to go to a state school that charges like a year if that much um or do I want like what what do we want to do financially um like what would be the make the most sense financially I went to a state school at first when you know when I was younger I was thinking oh I'm gonna go to one of these super expensive private schools because they have such fancy names you know and (laughs) who doesn't want that um but then when I was thinking about the money aspect of it. And I was like, do I really want to be like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt after college? Um, I changed my tune <laughs> and I went to, I looked at all the different state uh, universities. I, I'm in New York. So I went to Stony Brook because Stony Brook had a new and wonderful journalism program. And I uh, was obviously very interested in journalism. I had already been doing it at the local weekly newspaper in my area, well, in around my area and all those different neighborhoods. Um, so I wanted to go to journalism and that was the best option for me. So um, that's how I picked it out. But not everybody is thinking about the price tag and it's not necessarily their fault because you, you, there's so much pressure on teenagers to pick the right field and make the most of the four years that they're in college or five years in college or whatever amount of time they plan on going to college. Um, And finances, usually people don't talk about it until, you know, payments are due.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, talk about money-saving opportunities, what you just described, and you weighing your options and saying, okay, you know what, I could go to XYZ school or, you know, I could save tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I could take out massive loans or I could work. I mean, these are all conversations that obviously – it's a revisionist history for a lot of folks. And if I'm looking back when I'm 30 years old versus 18 saying, well, I sure wish that I would have made that decision. That's, you know, I don't know how much valuable, how much value is in that for that person. But if you can somehow help somebody who's in that position without stressing them out, um, that being said, you know, graduating with, you know, $50,000 of student debt is also a very, very stressful thing. So, yeah i don't know if there's a good way to reconcile that um do you have I a do you have a suggestion on that i think people
1: were uh, more open talking about money you know like it's such a taboo topic you know among uh many friends or many uh family members it's something that i think you know society societally speaking like we kind of grew up you didn't really talk about it so much I'm like yeah i said that i was lucky to have parents that you know they did talk to me about money and you know i knew where we stood and uh, you know i knew all that stuff they um they were always very um you know open about that but overall i know a lot of people weren't and i think if you know i'm not saying like you have to sit down your 5 year old and be like listen so this is the income <laughs> you know this is what we have coming in this is how much we're going to spend on such and such like you're not saying you have to do that but if there was just a, a little more conversation about money um I might open people's eyes to like how they want to spend their money or how they want to earn their money or just all these different things, not even just college, but like renting, buying a home, saving for those kind of big goals or saving to start a business. Maybe you want to be the first person in your family to start a business Um, that takes money, obviously, and and a budget and and a uh, business plan. So I think if we could open up those conversations, that would definitely help. Um, and also not place so much pressure or judgment. Um, like if you look at younger workers now who are out of college, you know, so like the millennials, um, a lot of stress is put on them because they do have a lot of student loans. Many, many, many millennials have, you know, hun- you know, hundreds of thousands, of the, the debt, it's, it's ridiculous and on top of that they have all these other financial responsibilities so yeah they have housing they have groceries they have um you know maybe they have family responsibilities to parents or to kids um they have their own dreams you know maybe they want to own a home maybe they want to start a business maybe they want to vacation go to like around the world and vacation for even if it's not a a long amount of time like they want to see different parts of the world these are all their own personal goals and they're all take money and on top of that as a retirement reporter you have people who are saying you need to also save for retirement and uh not everybody can do that so then you have uh like i wrote this article about saving um like how to save for retirement at different parts points of your life so in your 20s 30s 40s 50s when you buy a home when you have a child all that and in this one story i wrote um the fidelity had a guideline so by 35 you should have twice your salary saved for retirement well that upset people you know (laughs) they read that uh they i don't think they even finished the sentence they just got to the twice your salary part and they were like what are you talking about reporter how dare you and uh they were very (laughs) upset you know they and rightfully so like they read it the way that they read it it was like it was saying if you have less than that you are not good for retirement you're you you know they were reading it like you'll never retire now as the person who wrote that article i did not write it that way it was supposed to be a guideline just to give yourself um kind of gauge where you are compared to other people and also to see how other institutions think you should be saving for retirement but people felt this extra pressure um and shame on them because they see this guideline they see other guidelines that say you need to save for retirement you need to have 15 percent of your salary going towards your retirement account all that stuff and they feel um they feel stress <laughs> sure so if people were more uh transparent about their situations and again i'm not saying like you have to say how much you earn to your best friend like you don't have to call your friend your either your best friend or somebody you haven't spoken to since college you don't have to call them up and be like hey listen i make x amount of dollars how much do you make but like if you are in your social circle or you are with family and you could just say like you know these this is what i'm doing well this is what i could do better with this is what i want but i don't know how to get there maybe there wouldn't be quite so much pressure or quite so much stress and when people did have to make those decisions like you know how much take out on student loans or what kind of house to buy um everybody would be a little the the decisions wouldn't feel quite as heavy or uh, painful to make
0: yeah i think that that's excellent perspective there and And I definitely agree. So the better we can get at that, I think that'll help to alleviate a lot of that shame and pressure and stress that so many people are feeling. So, well, Allie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Well, markawatch.com slash retirement is the section that I write for. Um, And I'm also on Twitter at uh, the ad sign, Malito, M-A-L-I-T-O underscore A-L-I.
0: Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ellie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Market Watch, and then is it a backslash or a forward slash retirement?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> <the> backslash. <laughs> I, will,
0: uh, I, I will list it in the notes of the show and you can also find her on Twitter. I'll list <laughs> that in the notes of the show as well. Thanks again, Ellie. Okay, thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on